0: The following is a Kingfisher Media production.
1: Last time we talked to Danny about listening to the little voice in the silence, about what he found personally fulfilling. We talked about the value of listening and the nature of connections and how our perspectives shape our reality we talked about how to find ourselves in each other. So far, this has been a great conversation with Danny. So without any further delay, here's the second half of our conversation with Daniel Levin.
2: My wife, when she married me, she was much younger. She's 21 years younger than I, and and I had just lost a ton of money in the business that I was in. My, the manufacturer that I was working with to make my products told me three days before we were about to ship a million dollars worth of product that he mm-hmm. hadn't that he hadn't made any of the order. So I lost three hundred. I, I lost three hundred thousand dollars, and I had credit card companies and government company people coming after me. And I said, I, my heart was going through palpitations. I was so like nervous and scared and afraid of what I'd never, i never owed money in my life before. And so, she, so I, my heart was being affected. My, I had no money at, at all. And you know, California is the land where young, beautiful women go with old, old rich guys. And I said, you know, I'm not rich. I have nothing. <laughs> yeah. so like, I'm, why do you love me? And she looked at me and she said. No one's ever asked me that question before. I don't need a reason to love you. I love you because I just love you. Because when I'm with you, I just feel something from you. And I just want to be with you. And she taught me something in that moment that I'll never forget. Because in that moment when she said it, I felt invincible. Because you don't have to have a reason to love somebody. I remember the other day I said to a woman, you have no idea how much I love you. And she said, that's just, you're just full of, full of word. I don't know if I can curse on you. You're full of You're full of it, you know? And and she said, you don't even know me. How is it possible for you to say that? And I said to her, well, it's really interesting. If we can hate for no reason, why can't we love for no reason?
1: I don't need to love you.
2: I love you just because I feel as I'm with you here. I just feel my heart opening up and I just feel that I'm sending you so much love. And I feel so much love from you. I don't need a reason to love you. I just love you because I love you. And that's what my wife taught me. Hmm. And in the world we're living in, if we would get the contagious virus of love, rather than be scared of the contagious virus of fear, can you imagine how that contagion would spread? I want to be the most contagious carrier of love available so that everybody in the world comes and feels it. I'm looking at you, Alexa, and I'm yeah. you're wiping <laughs> tears from your eyes. What's happening?
0: Oh gosh. Okay. No, I love that. I love how you, you know, you just explained that it's just, it should be simple, but why isn't it? And it makes me think of um, a few years ago uh, before COVID and all that, we took our kids to, um, it was harvest time. We took them to uh, a farm in the area and we went there. There was tons of people there. We didn't know anyone. There was, you know, just hundreds of kids running around. We're looking at the animals, looking at the you know, there's hay rides. there was all this fun happening. And, uh, and then, you know, we're standing in line for something. I don't remember what. And um, all of a sudden just several little girls, including my kids just immediately, like, just almost telepathically, like, hey, let's uh, let's do Ring Around the Rosies. They didn't even say anything. They just got together, and I just, I filmed them because I was like, this is amazing. Why can't we do that? Yeah. They didn't even, like, interview each other first. Hey, what's your past? You know, like, they didn't so you, care.
2: You've asked that question a couple times. Oh, yeah. so I, I want to reframe it for you a little bit. Sure. We are doing that. Yeah, and and so rather than focus on all the times that we're not doing it, which is so easy to see because there's so mm-hmm. many times we we could do it when we don't. Yeah, the more we focus on the times that we are doing it, the more we will bring the times that we are doing it more more front and center. Right. And so I understand I don't mean to say anything, but it's just a small. It's it's what we've learned to do. We learn to look at what we're not doing rather than what we are doing. And we, but but the fact that you saw five, four, eight, seven little girls coming together, that means it's happening, yeah. and 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 we we are a part of it happening. It's happening to us all the time. When when people smile us smile at us, when we're walking along the street, when people give us charity, when people sit and help a homeless person, uh, there are so many places where where. As I traveled around the world, there were so many acts of kindness that people gave to me. I remember sitting on the street corners in Europe, and I didn't want to take a camera because I didn't want to be responsible for having to take care of a camera. So I (laughs) I took a pad of paper and charcoal pencils. Mm -hmm. And I suck at drawing. Believe me, I'm telling you that I'm not being humble. I suck at (laughs) drawing. You're in the
0: club. (laughs)
2: But I would sit on a street corner and I would try and draw what the camera would have given me had I been able to have a camera. Mm -hmm. And suddenly people started to gather around me. I I couldn't even speak the language they spoke. Mm -hmm. They would come and gather around me. And suddenly people would bring food. And all of a sudden we were eating food together. Another person would bring a bottle of wine and and, and another Uh bottle. And we were sitting having wine together as I was drawing this lousy drawing on the street corner. (laughs) And and we just celebrated together. It happens in every moment, in every town, in every village, without us even realizing mm-hmm. it. And so yeah. it does happen. People are really kind and generous and good to each other. But the news we hear on the on the on the radio and on the TV is all the atrocities of the few people that do right. harm for no reason. But if we can yeah. hate for no reason, we can love for no reason. Yeah. And I'd like to invite people here to to really practice that now we don't need somebody else to do it to us we we are we are the creator of our own story Mm -hmm. and if our story wants to tell a story of loving the world for no reason let's create that story
0: yeah
1: so you'd said something a few moments ago that Uh really struck me And it was the reason it struck me is because what you had brought up was so drastically different from anything I've heard before and certainly different from anything I've said before. Now, most people, when they talk about love, they'll contrast it with hate. And me, I like to think I'm a little bit smarter than the average bear. I like to contrast love with apathy, but you did something different. You contrasted love with fear. Yes. Can you explain a little bit more about why you did that? Yeah,
2: because why? Why do we hate? Because we're scared of something. We fear something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We at, at the root to me of the uh, uh, of why we do things. We either do things out of love or out of fear. I I yeah. I, I wish I could. F- I was smart enough to find more reasons, but I don't think I can. Um, we're we're apathetic because we're scared of taking action we we hate because we're scared of being hated but at the at the core when, when fear disappears there's nothing but love and what I watch in, in i have i've had AC, you were on my show. I have, I've had conversations with thousands and thousands of people in my room, conversations with strangers. And I had no idea who was going to walk into the room. I, I didn't know them. They were total strangers. And people came in with a lot of aggression. People came in with a lot of disbelief. People came in with a lot of love. But what I found every single time, I wish I could say I didn't find it. Well, I can't. Let me be honest. Two times I didn't find it. <laughs> and and uh, those two times that I didn't find that I found I had an agenda that I was trying to teach something or show somebody something in that room. Mm. But when I came in agendalist, when I came in and I just said, I want to love you and accept you. I, wanna, I want you to know you're, I'm going to listen to you and hear you. You don't have to defend yourself. I want you to know that I will acknowledge and validate you for who you are and what you're saying. Everything disappeared except love and people found it in themselves a place to love themselves in a way that I, they said to me sometimes this is the first time I've ever seen myself like this and I see myself through your eyes loving me and accepting me and that it's okay not to be perfect it's okay to be who I am I want people listening to know it is so okay for you to be who you are. You don't need to be a made up version of yourself. You don't need to try and copy somebody else. Just be the beautiful, radiant being that you are and hold that space for other people to be themselves. In that, what happens, miracles happen. And I watch it. That's the work that I do with people. I hold the space for them to become themselves. And in that, miracles happen.
0: Please remember to like, follow, and share. Links in this week's show notes. I have a question kind of that kind of has something to do with that. You know, like you said, we we hate because we have fear. And it kind of raises question: if you could think about the person in your life. Even, you know, for the listeners too, if you can think about the person that you least like or the person that you want to spend the least amount of time with, you know, what is something that you like about them? Yeah. You know? And so I wanted to ask you, like, you don't have to name the person, but you know, what do you, is, is there anything that you like about the person you least like?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'll be very personal and very uh, and very intimate and very authentic, if uh, if that's okay. I mean, why not? Sure, right?
0: sure.
2: Um, it's easy for me to love strangers, and one of the things I found in my conversations with strangers mm-hmm. is people easily open up to someone they don't know even more than they do to their best friends. Mm-hmm. And when I would ask them, that's that just is counterintuitive to me like i would think you we would open up to our best friends because those are the people we can share anything with and what they said to me over and over again is well i'm i'm often scared that if i really tell somebody my best friend who i am they might judge what i believe like first of all you you hold the space and i feel safe with you but even if you were to judge what i believe i don't know you from adam so it's safer for me to say that to you like i can i, I it, you don't have the effect yeah and for me, I see that same thing with my brother. We both lost our parents. My He's my brother, so I lost my parents. He lost his parents, right? Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> right. the same thing. <laughs> and like, duh, right? Yeah. But, but, but he was the older brother by four years. Mm-hmm. And when my dad passed away, somehow in his mind, out of love for me, he said, I've got to take care of him. I've got to become like dad now, because he doesn't mm-hmm. have a dad, and I'm the older brother. I have to watch over him. Well, I didn't want him to be my dad. He wasn't my dad. Yeah. I wanted him to be my brother.
0: Hmm.
2: And over the years, we we were so close with each other. But the thing that tore us apart often was this feeling that he had to tell me what to do. Hmm. And I don't really do well with people telling me what to yeah. do. All right? <laughs> it's part of the reason why I try not to tell other people what to do, because I hate being told what to do. Uh, and, and so... Over and over again he would tell me what to do. And he meant it. The things he was saying was actually re- were really good. They were right. There were things that were good. Sure. But the way but the way he said it's it delivery. got in the, way, <laughs> the way he said it got in the way. And I would fight the way he said it rather than do the things he said.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And and so I watched what happened because in the people that are closest to me, there's a history of them performing that way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and so I finally sat down and we had a hard, long conversation and we, he yelled at me and, you know, he was, he was like ready to hit me and do all sorts <laughs> of things, you know, because it was a hard conversation to have because yeah. here he was sharing his heart and trying to help me. And I was saying, I just don't want that from you. I want you to be my brother. I just want you to don't tell me what to do. I don't really want your opinion on what I, I'll ask you what I it. After our conversation, he stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. and it's been a couple of years now, and he really doesn't do it that much anymore. But the memory of what was possible, of, of him doing it for all those years, mm-hmm. even prevents me now in him not doing mm-hmm. it from trusting it 100%. Because mm-hmm. it's almost like if I open my heart up to be vulnerable to that, and then he comes and hurts me again by telling me what to do in the way he does, which he sometimes does. Uh-huh. I'm too vulnerable, it's too open. I don't, I, he's too close to me, yeah. So we still hold each other at bay. Mm-hmm. But I love the knowledge and the insight that he has that he could give me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I just wish he could give it to me in a different way.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And what I realized in that is my biggest flaw I want him to love me in the way I want him to love me,
0: mm-hmm.
2: versus. I want to accept the way he loves me as the way he loves me. Mm -hmm. And I think all too often we want people to love us in the way we love. We want them to love us Mm -hmm. and we don't accept the way they love us as the way as the best love they can give us. Mm -hmm. And when I do that with my brother, we're golden. When I go back to, well, I want you to love me the way I want you to love me. I don't want you to do it that way. When I have an agenda in the conversation, we it, our conversations suck. Mm-hmm. When I'm agendaless in those conversations, and I just say, "I see, this is the way you love me," and I'm so thankful for the way you love me.
1: We have beautiful
2: conversations. Does that make
1: sense?
0: Yeah, like makes that. it
1: makes really good sense. Actually, um, I I don't know if you're aware, Danny, but. Alexis and I co-host another podcast that deals all with uh, family estrangement. Oh, no, I didn't know that. And I think very often the things that will keep reconciliation from happening very much tie into to what you were just sharing about bringing agendas into the conversation and allowing fear to become an obstacle to love. Things like that.
0: Mm. Or having a list of checked reasons, you know, like, this is how I want to be loved. Ch-ch-ch-ch. I don't yeah. like what you do. Yeah, that's a yeah. very big challenge.
2: <laughs> and, and the easiest thing is, like, my brother loves me by calling me up and just checking in on me. But he'll, but mm-hmm. they're short check-ins. He'll mm-hmm. call me up and say, I don't have a lot of time, but I just wanted to see your yoke. Know, how's everything going?
0: Yeah.
2: Right? And and yeah. that's his way of, of checking in with me Oh, consistently. Yeah. And and I'll say to him, gosh, my way of checking in is like, I would rather you call me when you have time so that we can have an actual conversation. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't need you to call in and check in with me and just say, I don't have time. If you don't have time, don't call me. Like, but, but it just comes from seeing the world differently. And when I can see his perspective, he just wants to have short, sharp shots you know that yeah. can come in and just say here i'm thinking of you i love you i want you to know that and bam but i don't really want to get involved with you i my my definition of love is if you want if you love me let's let, let's let's talk let me let me hear how you're really doing like i don't want to know superficially you're okay i want to yeah. know how you're really doing
0: maybe like, he sets those boundaries because he knows that you don't like him telling you what to do and maybe he has a hard time you know maybe that's why yeah. he withdraws but yeah
2: there could be any number. <laughs> there
0: could be, there. be anything.
2: <laughs> but but it just I'm I'm using myself as an example to right. see how something so beautiful is my brother's desire to check in on me and make sure I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And something so beautiful is my desire to want to have depth in our relationships
0: mm-hmm.
2: conflict with each other. Yeah. And so they make us not able to love each other in the way we want to love each other because we're not neither one of us accepts the way the other loves. We want mm-hmm. them that we want each other to love each other the way we want them to love each other.
1: I'm mm-hmm. I'm glad you shared from your personal experience. Because if I think about the relationship that Alexis and I have, some of our most heated, explosive, failed conversations <laughs> at their core were just because of this incompatibility or perceived incompatibility in love language. Yeah. I love sometimes in very hostile, aggressive and mean ways (laughs) because I'm one of those people where I appreciate somebody moving past all the, the fluff and the pretense and the huggy stuff and just tell me what I need to hear, get to the bare bones facts. You can love me by telling me where I've failed miserably. I accept that sort of thing. I find, um, a softer approach at times to be insincere and manipulative and terrible. Alexis is the exact opposite of all of those things. So when I try to love her the way I want to be loved, she feels antagonized and invalidated. But I mean, after all the dust settles and we we have a chance to unpack, okay, what went wrong? What was motivating us? We realized that we were aiming in the same direction and coming from the same place. It was just the everything in between where things got a little bit confused and ugly. Yeah. And so I guess
2: the beautiful space is when we walk from our sides to the center. And in all things, the center has more value than the sides. And so when I realized that my brother wants me to, my brother loves me in the way that he loves me, I can walk towards that and lean into the way he loves me occasionally, sometimes more than I used to be able to sometimes not enough as I want to, but I can, but I can start to lean into the way to understanding God, I love you and you love me. And the way we go about showing that is so differently, but can we just, let's not forget how much we love each other. Like as much as we are scared to go into the, to go into the areas that we need to go in, here i want you to know this and i end most of my conversations by saying i love you and i want you to remember i love you even if we've had a terrible conversation i want you to know i love you and that changes the context of everything and he'll say to me yeah i love you too you know right and 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 he does it may not be the way i want him to say it but he does i know he does
0: you are listening to what i like about you Please remember to like, follow, and share. Do you think that our focus can make things bigger? For example, when we focus on our fears, they can look very, very, very big. So if we do the same thing like what you're saying, you know, with your brother, you're not focusing on the negative, the things that bothered you. You're focusing on what he does, the effort that he makes in his own way to show you his love. When you talk about him that way, you just, you change, like your, your face changes your, I can tell like, so I'm, my, I guess my question is, do you think that if we start shifting our focus onto those things that seem small, but little pieces of, I don't know what we want more of or what we Do you think that focusing on those little bits of love, do you think they can grow just by focusing on them?
2: So, yes, but not quite. I would answer it a little bit differently than you're saying it. Yeah. And my answer comes from the wisdom of a mosaic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not to be too narcissistic about the concept (laughs) of it, because it's not what I write about, but it's in the space between the words Mm -hmm. that I talk about in the mosaic. When you look at a mosaic, very rarely are the pieces flush up against each other side by yeah. side. Sometimes the very smallest corner of one piece and the very smallest corner of another is all that keeps the mosaic connected in that place. And what that means is everything that this piece believes and everything that this piece believes, except for this very small corner, they disagree on. Hmm. But if we connect it to places we connect at, allows the energy to continue and so what i would really recommend people do pardon me my eye is tearing up here. <laughs> <laughs> what i would really recommend we do is look for those places of similarity mm-hmm. not the places where we want them to do what we want them to do or but in the places where because we see that they're not doing what we want them to do, it's blocking us from seeing what they are doing that we want them to do. Mm-hmm. Just like that picture that I talk, spoke about. Mm-hmm. But when we see the places that they are doing what they, we want them to do, that also may block out the places that we see that they're not doing what we don't want them to do. Mm-hmm. I always say that the way to build magnetism is to go with the energy that's connected rather than the one that's disconnected.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like when my daughter's frustrated about homework, I don't focus on, oh, stop being so frustrated, change your attitude. As soon as she does anything like positive or any, you know, I, I have, she's the kind of kid I have to praise her because she doesn't realize her own positives. She's got a bit of anxiety, you know, but as soon as she gets it, you know, it's like, look, look, there it is. Just keep doing it. Keep, Focus on that. Just go with that. You know, like, let's not focus on what we can't do. Let's focus on what we can do. And like, let's go with
2: that. (laughs) If I may be so bold,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: um, just because I shared with you the story of my daughter, Mm -hmm. a speak, yell, tantrum attack.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, frustration is in that equation somewhere. Yes. And so one of the questions I would ask you to invite yourself to ask her Mm -hmm. is, sweetheart, what what are you trying to say to me that I'm not hearing? Yeah. Because you don't need mm-hmm. to get frustrated with me. I love you. I want to I wanna help you in any way I possibly can. Right. If you're saying something to me that I'm not getting, what, what, what frustrates you about your homework?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What
2: can you share with me that I might be able to hear that we can then right. come together and work together to do something different that might make that less frustrating for you? Right. Not that right. I can teach you. When you look at a mosaic, none of the pieces teach each other what to do. They just—they don't
0: look like they belong, do
2: they? <laughs> they don't look like they belong. But yeah. what they do is they hold each other. Mm. And the simple act of holding each other and the simple act of the embrace of two pieces coming together, suddenly the mosaic becomes this beautiful artistry. All we need to do is hold each other and love each other. We don't need to change each other, fix each other, help each other, feed each other, find work for people. We don't, all we need to do is just hold each other and love them and, and accept each other. Hmm. And these things seem so simple to me. Yeah. I mean, they're just so simple. When I say it, people go, wow, that just seems so easy. Why doesn't that happen? Because people don't think the world is as simple as I think it is. I'm 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 a simple person.
1: Okay, just as we... Come to a close here. Um, One of the um, things that we've been sort of experimenting with at the end of these shows is to circle back to the actual title of the show, you know, what I like about you. Now, coming into this conversation, Danny, you and I already had some familiarity with each other. I would have considered you a friend who I love. Yes, me too. But you and Alexis were effectively strangers coming in. So what I'd like to do is to ask Alexis first, just because I don't like to put the pressure on our guest. I'm fine with pressure coming (laughs) into this conversation with Danny. I mean, you maybe had some ideas, but no real knowledge, Mm -hmm. but having got to know this man who was a stranger, what do you like about him right now?
0: I like that. He shows me a different way of looking at things. He shows me a different way of looking at uh, my connections with people, um, my relationships with strangers, my relationships with people who are close to me. Sorry, getting emotional. Um,
2: What was that? What caused you to get emotional right there?
0: I'm used to... uh, being around people who are very one-sided. I grew up not being able to share my opinions and uh, being discouraged from looking at things in a different way. And so I just find it so refreshing to meet someone who can not only share their perspective but give me the freedom to explore those things too. And so that is something that I learned and that's something I didn't expect. And so I really appreciate it. That's what I like about you.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much. And so what my, I like my
0: about my ears tears now, sorry. <laughs> that's
2: okay. I, I did it too. So it's okay. What I what I love about you, it's more than like what I love
1: about <laughs> you
2: is the beautiful heart that I feel be, behind you. The beautiful heart that you are. The love that you are able to communicate even when you are unsure of yourself. The love that radiates from you. And I just felt from the moment you reached out to me on LinkedIn, just this big heart and and arms holding me and making me feel comfortable and safe. And I want you to know how much, how beautiful that quality is. And how much the world needs it and how honored I feel to be the recipient of that love for no reason. You you. do love you do love for no reason. You did it with me. I I try. (laughs) You do. (laughs) So I love that about you.
0: Thanks, Daniel.
1: Absolutely. Hey, Daniel, if people want to get in touch with you or uh, find your work, what's the best way to go about that?
2: So I simplified it. I, I have two websites, but the one that I put out is danielbrucelevin.com. It's very simple. It really, show, it really says who I am what I, and what I do. Um, it's easy. If people, What I really want to invite people to do is if you would like to have the experience of just being seen and heard, mm-hmm. listened to and accepted and, and and heard and acknowledged and validated, please email me, write me, call me, uh, send me, put up smoke signals. We'll find a get way to book. Get, <laughs> get the book. But I, I, you can get the book, but I don't want you to get the book for the money I make. I want right. you to get the book for the perspective change that it will give you. Right. And and really what I want to do is, is – I'm in the process of starting a revolution of listening. And I believe that these concepts are so simple. It's not, this isn't university graduate degree stuff. I just wrote a Facebook post today saying, I wonder why it's so much harder to say things simple than it is to say I'm confusing. You know, they did a study years ago where they had two professors. One one used the most complex language you could ever use and one the simplest language you could ever use, saying exactly the same thing. And they asked the students who was better prepared. And the mm. students, at, like huge margins, like 85 89% said the one that said the complex thing was more prepared. But the truth of the matter is it's much harder to say something simply
0: mm-hmm. than yes. it is to say
2: something confusingly. And what what I think we as the mosaic is showing me has shown me in those spaces between the words is how to touch at the heart of what connection really is. And in a time where our world is in, is in desperate craving of feeling connected, how do we grow that? And what I'm finding is more and more people from all around the world are starting to reach out to me and I want to create these connection centers where we can love and accept people, where we can listen to people and hear people, where we can acknowledge and validate people and allow the simple process of trusting that process to see where it grows from there. You don't need to pay a membership fee to be a part of the revolution. You don't need to have a long beard like mine. You don't need to wear a certain set of clothing. You don't have to have anything. All you have to do is care enough about a person that when you ask them, how are you, it's more than a salutation. Mm-hmm. Most of us say, how are you? And the other person says, fine, great, good. And we, yeah. go ahead, we carry on with the next question. I ask When I ask somebody how they are, I want to know how they're really doing. And if they say, good, fine, great, I'll say, that's wonderful. Now, t- hold on a minute. We're in the middle yeah. of pandemic. We have race riots. Yeah. <laughs> We're not being feel, felt, felt like they're equal. We have you know all sorts of things going on in this world today. How are you really doing? Mm-hmm. And they'll go, well, actually, not so good or fine or great. You know, actually, I'm scared to hell. I don't know where it's going. I don't know what's happening. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm. And when we can sit and just talk about real things, when we can uncover the superficial and go one step, two steps, 10 steps, 100 steps deep, wherever people want to go, it starts to open us up to the reality that we're here for each other. We have each other's back. And when we have each other's back, we take chances we would never take before. We take Mm -hmm. risks that we would never do. And we feel better. We grew up knowing united we stand, divided we fall. We live now in a divided we fall world. It's time to get united again.
1: Danny Levin, my friend. Big honor. I I, I love you. I love Um, you. Very, very much appreciate you taking the time to sit with us today.
2: The the honor is all mine. It's I I am so touched that the friendship that we had develop and have has developed into another opportunity to share with you. Has developed into the opportunity to meet Alexis and has developed into the opportunity to just spend more time with you, my friend to spend time anytime we spend more time together i'm a happy camper (laughs) me too
0: yeah well it was great to have you daniel we really appreciate you coming on the show you are listening to the what i like about you podcast stay tuned for more episodes links in the show notes